Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey friend, welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. Now, I'm doing something really fun today and I'm actually having two guests on, Leslie and Vettina um, from Align Creative Minds to help with three secrets to capture new leads for your wellness business on Instagram. So they're going to talk all about Instagram and how to actually stop overthinking what your next post should be, help you with a new strategy to convert those followers into paying clients, and help you become a little bit more resourceful with all of the content you're designing for your Instagram page, including a few ideas for different apps you can use to make very beautiful branded photos and make everything look really nice and um, aligned on your Instagram page. Now at Align Creative Minds, they help wellness entrepreneurs turn their dreams into reality by launching their vision online. Leslie and Vettina are two wellness-loving, expansion-focused graphic designers that eat, breathe, and sleep all things branding and digital strategy. Through their one-on-one sessions and online courses, Align empowers solopreneurs to start attracting new clients when they're sleeping and stay focused on their craft to continue creating a positive impact on their clients' lives, which is really exciting. It's all what we want. We want to learn from Leslie and Bettina um, because they know what they're talking about when it comes to graphic design and also being very actionable and specific with the content you're sharing on Instagram. So let's get started. Hey ladies, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today to be here to share all about um, three secrets to capture new leads for your wellness biz on Instagram specifically. I know so many people want to learn more about Instagram, so I'm really excited to have you on to talk about this. Ah, we're excited to talk about it as well. So why don't we just get started where you're sharing your story. I know that there's two of you here and you both probably have, you know, your own unique stories of how you met up and started your business, but why don't you just share kind of what transpired and how you've got to this place? Yeah, of course. Well, I'm Bettina, just so you're familiar with my voice. Maybe Leslie, you want to say hi. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, Leslie and I met back in 2008 Uh, While we pride ourselves on making things shine, um, we can't say our story was really a glamorous one. Uh, We met in university and we spent lots of time together up until 4 a.m., cramming in last minute studying, finishing up design projects that were due the next morning. And it was in those late hours of the night that I do have to point out we're accompanied always by a box of Oreos, um, was our prime time to really get lost in innovative, creative ideas on how we can make the world a better place. So yes, we did graduate with a Bachelor of Design, and you could probably say that we graduated with an unofficial minor in procrastination. Um, But at that time, we had just graduated. We were two gals with you know, laptops, ridiculously expensive design software, and a lot of student debt. And we both always had really, really big dreams. 
And, you know, we were so young at the time, just graduated, and we had no idea or map on how to really bring those dreams to life. And both of us individually have spent the last decade really honing in on our individual skills as designers, as entrepreneurs. And, you know, we've landed dream jobs, or so we thought, less spent a lot of time in the ad world, really, really working with big clients and big brands and getting a lot of experience there. And myself, I I started a few successful and unsuccessful businesses. Um, (laughs) You know, I learned a lot along the way with my failures, I will say that. And, you know, we both spent about well, we both spent tens of thousands of dollars just continually up-leveling our education. And I think one of the biggest things that we've tackled is our overwhelm with technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it's been a decade. Uh, and now we found ourselves back together and re-inspired to bring some of our visions and creative ideas to life. And we will say that our 4 a.m. procrastination sessions did turn into enlightened afternoon meetings. And we are now munching on dark chocolate banana nut muffins instead of Oreos. <laughs> but I think one of our biggest realizations was just realizing how naive we really were at that time that we thought we could make the world a better place all by ourselves. And that really brings us to where we are today. And why we help healers and wellness folks like the people listening on your podcast, uh, really helping them turn their dreams into reality by launching their brand and their vision online. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's so good. And so what was kind of that transition from doing it on your own to doing it together? Or what has that been like for you guys? Has it been really empowering to kind of join forces and bring that brain power together? It's actually been really exciting because all the while, while we've been, you know, on our own path in the past, we've stayed totally connected at the hip as friends. So forever we've like, you know, over dinners and stuff like that, we've spent time fantasizing about a day where we can, you know, work and collaborate together and create a huge impact. And so slowly we started like more and more warming up to the idea um Bettina already had this great company Align that she had founded and so I really wanted to be a part of it and we decided that in January we would allocate like a balanced approach where we would sustain our individual businesses but also have Fridays where we keep for us too so that we can start to build these programs and tools to help you know, our, our audience that we're trying to help create their own impact. I love that. That's such a brilliant way to maintain your own um, kind of creative energy and your own creative outlet and then bring that together and do that together. I know there's so many wellness entrepreneurs that want to, you know, do these joint ventures or run workshops or retreats or things like that. Um, but they don't know if that means they have to do a business fully with one other person or if they can, you know, just do certain events with other people. So it's really inspiring to hear that you guys kind of have both aspects to your business. Yeah, it's been really awesome. And I would say I I have been in full partnership with someone else in the past and some really like key learnings in, in partnering if people are like stuck in knowing whether to partner is like making sure that your work ethic 
your values and your communication is on point. I think that's one of the strengths or three of the strengths that both Leslie and I have been able to bring to the table. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So why don't we just get started then with the content that everybody wants to hear about today? Everybody, you know, everyone listening wants to hear about Instagram, how to grow on Instagram, how to really grow on social media to begin with. And I know that you guys um, have so many ideas for capturing new leads, meaning, you know, not just posting on social media and not getting any return from it, you know, having a strategic outlook that, you know, you're actually helping people work towards an angle to bring those clients in the door. So why don't we just get started? What's the first thing people can do um, to capture new leads on Instagram? Great. So our first secret would be authentic content. And the whole idea of this is basically, regardless of whether you have 500 or 500,000 followers, your audience has already committed, as they are your followers, to learning more about you. And yes, like social media posts are a tool to share your work and who you are as a brand, but it's important not to forget sharing yourself as an individual and as a person. So to start, like you can ask yourself, what are the five things your best friend might say about you? Or what do your followers not already know? Um, Some of these themes or categories you can consider are, and these are thought starters, of course, you will have some of your own. (laughs) Um, Travel, a recipe of the week, if we're talking nutrition, quotes that inspire you, uh, a love for yoga or fitness, a new read you can't put down, giving a glimpse into your personal life, be it introducing your kids, family, friends, or partner, um, a client testimonial or a win that you're proud of, um, a fond memory you found while scrolling through your photo album that you might want to reshare or repost, or maybe sharing a passion for animals and your love for the environment. Basically, creating these buckets takes the pressure off feeling like you're starting from ground zero every time you post. Um, It allows you to broaden your connection to your followers, which ultimately strengthens the trust, and they're all your prospective clients. Um, Something you can do today to get started is list five categories that are authentically you and plan out your next five posts. Uh, Cycle these into your calendar and repeat as you continue to do this, you'll become more familiar and creative and it will help you feel like you have more of a flow. That's awesome. That's that's really helpful. I know I personally do help my clients with the content buckets um, and kind of call it the same thing, the buckets, because mm-hmm. um, I think there's just so many things people feel like they need to share online and they get overwhelmed. It's like analysis paralysis or, you know, just too yeah, much information. Totally. They don't know where to start. Yeah. So breaking it down into these kind of like categories or buckets really helps you to categorize and prioritize like what are you actually sharing um, and to see it in more of like a logical way than of course like a mess in your brain. And -hmm. sort of like measuring it against your values as a person and a brand, right? Like you can include different things that show like, yes, it's your personal life, but you can always make sure that if one of your values are trust or loyalty something like that, like you can make sure that with your captions or the images that you're choosing, it, it gives that essence and people can sense that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I'm curious then if somebody has a specific niche, um, actually, we have a mutual friend, Nora, who's actually my client and your client. <laughs> and um, Nora is focusing her business on um, fertility and and pregnancy, you know, when you're in your 30s. Um, And I'm sure she wouldn't mind us using her as an example (laughs) right now. Should she be should she be categorizing all of her content, 
content buckets, um, even if it's lifestyle or I know she does yoga or there's so many personal things she might want to share, should she always have fertility and pregnancy in mind when she's writing her posts? Like how important is it to stick your post to your niche? I think it's important to have a balance. And if you want to use this as your business account, you could probably go with like a 70-30 ratio and I would love to hear your thoughts on this too, of what you may have recommended to Nora in the past. Um, but I think sometimes like it's good to give people a break from speaking solely about your business or this topic, but you don't want to forget that they've connected with you knowing that you present yourself in this way. And this is information that's valuable. And especially in Nora's case, very educational and great quality content. So I don't think she should shy away from pushing that forward. Mm, great answer. Yeah, I think it's nice to have the split so you don't feel like you said, kind of constantly talking about that same thing, but enough that people kind of understand what to expect from you at the exactly. same time. Yeah, exactly. So when it comes to the second thing we might want to focus on um, to capture leads, what would that be? Well, secret number two is authentic conversation. So this might be scary for some of you and it's, yeah, it might be scary for some people to try. And I promise you it is a brilliant muscle to start building. And it's really important to create a habit of putting yourself out there and engaging with your audience regularly. And it's, it's this simple yet impactful strategy of creating small asks small asks that keep your followers warm and it helps them to get comfortable and to really get involved with your content. And I was just reading an article this morning that was sent to my email about how engagement is really what helps improve your post to get seen. So including captions with prompts like double tap if you agree, tag three friends below, comment with an emoji are just a few examples. And with asking your viewer or the users to connect, this will help Instagram and send a trigger to Instagram to say, hey, this is valuable content that more people need to see. But it also establishes a healthy rapport between you and your followers. So they're getting accustomed to interacting with you and they're now being primed for your larger action-oriented requests. Like maybe you're asking them to download your ebook, buying your online course, come to your event or book a session with you. Often these larger requests that you're asking of your followers are prompting them off the app, which is a time investment. So we want to make sure they are ready when you ask them. And it is a great strategy to always observe your audience and take a look at similar accounts to yours. So whether it's other nutritionists or people in the wellness industry or naturally Nora, <laughs> I'm giving her a shout out. Um, <laughs> Treat your users' comments like data and assess how you can start equally, engage, equally engaging conversations to, and addressing their needs. And now this is kind of like layering that first secret of authentic content. 
now you you have your content, you have your buckets, and you're gonna layer this approach to those five posts that you're creating. And be sure to include relevant questions or calls to actions to each of your captions. And, you know, Leslie and I had a conversation about this uh, just before we got on. And it is so important to have call to actions that lead to your website or a lead magnet to capture that follower's email. Social media at the end of the day is borrowed land. And I'm not saying every post needs to lead to your website or lead magnet. Keep that in mind. I'm sure your followers followers will get a little annoyed of that. <laughs> but social media is borrowed land. And it's land that you don't own. It's like renting an apartment. And if at the end of the day, the landlord decides to sell the apartment, you might be scrambling to find a new place to live in 30 or if you're lucky, 60 days. And that's unsettling. And the same goes for social media. The algorithms, as I'm sure as a business owner you've seen, are constantly changing. It did with Facebook, it has with Instagram, and I'm sure it will with some of the other platforms. So if you're building your audience solely on a social platform, and today we're talking about Instagram specifically, it's time to consider how you can still deliver valuable and engaging content and use that call to action to convert people over to your email list. And I'm sure you could have a whole episode just on that itself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. I see so many people constantly using the same call to action, book a call with me, book a call with me. And I do see that all the time. And, and I understand why, because that's the end goal for a lot of people is they want new clients. They want to book, you know, discovery calls, get them in the door, start talking with them, and then potentially or hopefully sell them into a, a bigger program. But what I see being the issue is that you know, there's other steps to the funnel than just getting them on a call. Just like you said, getting them in the door, asking them a few questions, having a conversation, inviting them to get on the newsletter. It's like taking the little steps to lead to that bigger step. Would you yeah. agree? Yes, absolutely agree. Absolutely. So when it comes to creating that conversation, you know, is there a rule? <laughs> um, how often you would be doing those bigger asks? You know, would it be 70% of the time you're getting them to join the newsletter, you're asking them to book a call, you, you're you having that higher level of engagement, or is 70% of the time those smaller asks and then strategically asking those bigger things at certain times, maybe if you're launching a program or if you have a new freebie or ebook um, or if you need a new client, like are we planning out these call to actions to kind of lead us to something at the end? That's a great question. So if you even look at large accounts like the Jay Shetty's of the world or Marie Forleo, Jenna Kutcher, these people that have a huge social media presence, they you'll look at their you you can look at their account and it's I would say it's close to like 80-20. 80-20, like 80% the small asks, really getting people to like engage with you, get to know you, you trying to get to know them too. Maybe there are questions about their nutrition needs, etc. Um, and then 20% would be asking for the bigger things. Uh, especially on a platform like Instagram, people don't necessarily really want to go off of Instagram. So I would say an 80-20 rule uh, is something that we've applied in 
in our content strategies. Mm, that's that's great advice. And I think so true. I mean, this is totally off topic and kind of even embarrassing for me to say on, on this episode, but I have an Instagram for my cats and they're actually very popular. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, Wait, what are their handles? <laughs> well, it's Sprout, but Sprout is S-P-R-O-A-T. Um, Sprout and Nootka. I can always put it in the show notes if anybody wants to follow yeah. them. Um I actually got them from a rescue who has a really, really big following, like, I don't know, 135,000 followers. So it was kind of asked that I would, you know, continue to have an Instagram for them so that more people could follow along because when it comes to a foster animal, people get attached, right? And there, there's a story built there and people want to keep following along. So I've taken it upon myself to continue this Instagram and I actually, I, I absolutely love it. It's, it's very fun for me. It's such an outlet. But <clears throat> the reason I bring it up is that when I post on it and I ask questions to the the followers or the people who are in the community, you know, what's your cat's name or what it, what's the nickname for your cat or <laughs> what do you do when XYZ happens with your cat? Like people love interacting and they love talking and it builds like such an engaged audience versus just talking at people. Like people on these platforms want to be included in the conversation. It's absolutely true. And I will say that there is a huge cat community out there. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, if we're to now wrap these two together and go from um, authentic content, having those strong buckets, those strong things we're going to share, that are going to kind of pull the community in, then we're adding that layer of conversation where we have the call to actions, we're creating more of that relationship. What's kind of that next step or that next secret to capturing those people, bringing them more into your world and potentially bring them on as your client? Right. So that brings us to our third secret, which is now authentic curation. So one of the most common mistakes that we notice on Instagram is a lack of visual consistency across someone's grid. This can be too many colors, different filters, um, and mismatched fonts. They're all indications of overall lack of planning and and poor curation. Um, This can become visually jarring and can subconsciously debunk your credibility as a premium service and brand to your followers. Then on the flip side, another common mistake is reducing the variety of posts or subject matter so that you can guarantee yourself a simple aesthetic. And this typically leads to overly repeated content or barely posting at all. One thing we want to remind everyone is that you definitely can achieve a beautiful grid with um, visual consistency without limiting what you're posting. V and I have a saying, put a filter on your photo, not on your life. And um, here's what you can do to achieve that. So we'd recommend that you assess your current grid, research a color palette that you feel reflects your energy and stick to it. Pinterest is a great source for inspiration. Um, Use one font for all of your quote posts and apply a consistent filter on all of your images moving forward. Over the years, Vettina and I have curated a list of apps that we provide to our clients. These tools ensure brand consistency and don't require you to involve a designer every time. Most importantly, they're free. So I'll give you a little list here. First, we have Onum, and it's for planning consistency across your grid. Visco provides a collection of photography filters and editing tools to enhance your visuals. Canva is what we refer to as a light version of Adobe Creative Suites, and we recommend you use it um, to create branded text-based images or quote templates. InShot has incredible editing features for on-the-go. 
You can trim video, adjust speeds, add filters, music, text, and more, all just from your phone. And then we have Story Art, which provides thousands of templates to apply to your stories and highlight and your highlight icons. So once you've familiarized yourself with these tools on Instagram, be sure to apply these changes to your website. This will ensure a synergy between all of your marketing materials, unifying your client's impression of your brand. That's great. So what I hear you saying is, you know, keeping it as visually pleasing as possible, keeping it aligned with that overall branding um, visual. And that shouldn't just exist on one social media channel. That should be um, existing across all of them. So when someone falls upon, let's say, your Facebook page, it's not like it's a totally different aesthetic than your Instagram page. You want everything to look aligned and branded across the board. Exactly. It's like once you can clean up your own grid on Instagram, you can start to apply that at a bigger scale to all of your other channels. Mm, fantastic. I actually hadn't heard of um, most of those apps, um, only Canva. So that was, that was really <laughs> interesting because I think uh, we always hear about those common ones, at least in the wellness industry. So having you guys come from a more design perspective and tell us maybe more of the industry apps that people should be using um, to really up their you know, visual or graphic design, that was really great. So thank you for sharing those. Oh, no problem. And we've definitely had our fair share of, of trial with other apps too. And we're always trying to find one that is the most um, intuitive because we want to help our clients move forward and not feel reliant on us all the time. So yeah, we definitely recommend these five. Mm, that's great. And so kind of funny enough, um, my partner does a little bit of design work. Like I wouldn't call him a designer by any means, but um, back in the day, you know, in high school, he was in a band, he did a lot of design work, you know, um, band posters, things like that. And I remember showing him um, Canva, and him thinking like, wow, this kind of takes like the job of a graphic designer away in some ways, right? Because it is kind of an intuitive program. It gives you lots of different branding options, things like that. Can you just talk a little bit about, you know, why would somebody potentially invest in a branding expert or a graphic designer versus doing all of that design work themselves on say Canva or any of these other programs? For sure. So what I would say is while all these, you know, new and progressive tools are so accessible and easy to use and sometimes free or quite affordable, it's important to remember that we've gone through, you know, years of experience and rigorous training to understand the market, your audience, a strategy that lines back with your needs as a business owner. And just like overall context to how people digest a brand. So it's really helpful to have these suggested generic templates from one of these apps, but it's also helpful to consult with someone so that you can create a unique identity and message and also stand out from, you know, what's already available. Mm, that's really true because if you're just pulling someone else's aesthetic because you're like, oh, well, it's working for them, but it doesn't really reflect, let's say, your personality, you're exactly. kind of missing the point there and people aren't going to resonate. Yeah, exactly. like we definitely recommend that you first focus on your own brand and the identity there and use these as more of a tool than a driver for how you come across on your channel. Mm -hmm. That's really good advice. So anything else that you ladies would want to suggest um, to everybody listening, like how they can kind of pull this all together and, and capture those leads or anything else you want to cover before you wrap up? 
Well, one thing that um, kind of just like came to my head as you were talking too was um, uh, the what I would suggest, and I, I think Leslie would agree with me, would be like, you know, if you're just starting out, it's such a great time to start with like building your brand book to start. It's easier once you have everything solidified, like the fonts that you're going to use, uh, the colors that you're going to use, your your logo, etc. like the type of photography. It's easier to start with that and then apply it to your Instagram, then apply it to your website. Because often something that I often notice, especially with my friends and, and clients that end up coming and I'd like to say they're coming for a facelift with their brand <laughs> um, is to get everything more solidified and streamlined. So it is unified and it looks polished and, and it matches their expertise at the end of the day, because often like, and I'm sure a lot of the people listening are so amazing at what they do. And, you know, sometimes their brand can, can turn away clientele. And one of the things that Leslie and I are most passionate about is really building that brand. And even if you've already been established for years, like getting clear with what that looks like first and then applying it to all of your digital outlets and obviously your, your marketing materials as well as you roll it out. And it takes away so much of the like the wondering, oh, how do I design this? What font do I use? What color? It saves time and energy of like what needs to be done in, from a design standpoint. Because mm-hmm. then you kind of just have your, I guess, in a sense, a catalog of your fonts and your colors and and more of your brand look. So you don't have to constantly be reinventing the wheel per se. Every time you're creating something, you can kind of go back to those um, solid foundations and then create from that point. Exactly. exactly. So you can focus your energy on the message that you're sending at that moment and not so much getting caught up in something that feels less natural to you. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is kind of an extra question I just want to add in here. How important is it to keep your Instagram stories branded and looking the same um, as as it would be your posts? Like, does that matter? Is it different? Is it the same? What's your guys' approach to that? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I would say even from a personal standpoint for like my personal brand, um, I like to keep those a little more organic and they really are an opportunity to get to know, to know me. And even same with my clients that I work with. Um, it is, it is important for it to like, your story is like, it is the true glimpse into that everyday life where I think we're most people are more selective on what they post on their grid and if the grid is there permanently uh, or if you choose it for a post to be permanent but I think because stories are are more a glimpse into personal life it is it is a little bit more organic uh, not as filtered uh, design speaking and you know, if you do you have a campaign happening, that's when you might roll in and adding in your your font that you use, the colors that you use. Uh, it, it's a little different, a campaign versus a like maybe like a personal message. I think the personal messages and 
and glimpses into your life are nice being a little bit more organic. I totally Mm -hmm. agree. And just adding to that, I would say from my experience, like on the corporate side of things, trying to help not just like a small business or an individual share on Instagram, we've tested many times, like trying to create, um, trying to emulate the corporate brand on Instagram. And we just see with the engagement, like people are so used to seeing ads and are being interrupted by ads all the time now with Instagram. So it's so second nature to just skip that kind of stuff if it feels like there's a second layer of a filter from it just being raw content. So totally just echoing what the Tina's saying, like it's much more engaging the more like app native the content feels when it comes to stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the authentic. That's really probably where you amp up that authentic content. I even heard someone, actually two people recently say this, so I wonder if they were um, reading the same article or something, but, (laughs) you know, looking at stories as your personal reality show. And maybe that doesn't mean you're sharing like the good, bad and ugly, like, you know, to the extent, (laughs) but like, like a toned down version of like, this is you in your daily life. And that's what people want to learn. That's who they want to get to know. For sure. And it's a great way to test what people are responding to because you're not stuck to having posted it or looking like you're questioning kind of what you've done with your grid. Like you have a very forgiving period of time where this is available and you can really see what people are interacting with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's very much the place where you can test. I, I love using stories for even just polling my audience and asking, you know, what do you want? What are your questions? What can I support you with? And doing small call to actions on there. So I see them as like an extension to the posts on Instagram, but more of that community building aspect as well. Oh, yes, totally. there's a lot, especially when you're doing those polls, so much more engagement if you need to find something out about a potential program, a product, uh, something that you're launching, that is like gold tapping into the audience on stories. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you, ladies. This has been such an awesome conversation. So many things for people to think about, you know, from just that authentic content, authentic conversation, authentic curation. I think it's a really easy kind of one, two, three step um, process for for generating more potential clients through Instagram and not just creating content for content's sake, but having a purpose and a reason why they're putting so much energy and effort into their Instagram content. So thank you. My pleasure, our pleasure. And one thing, again, remember, it's better done than perfect. That's something that we always remind our clients because we get so caught up in the perfectionism of things, but done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. Yes, I live by that. (laughs) It's so true. And I think the longer you're in business, the more you realize that as well. Absolutely. So I know that you guys have um, a few different ways people can connect with you. Um, I believe you have a free guide and then you also have um, a branding school starting in the fall. So why don't you share that with us? For sure. So if you really enjoyed a lot of this content, we have a more detailed guide on our website, aligncreativeminds.com. You'll find it there. And yes, we are so excited uh, to be launching our first online course. It's something that some of our clients and Clients that maybe couldn't work with us have been requesting. It's a branding course for wellness entrepreneurs and it's launching in the fall and it's really focused on 
building a beautiful and unique brand, a professional website, and doing a full month's social media content calendar that can be applied to your future content as well. Mm, that's fantastic. What a good, good resource to have for sure. Hmm. Well, thank you again, ladies. I, I've really appreciated having you and um, I'll make sure everything's in the show notes for everyone to check out. And thanks again. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much, Stephanie. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.